Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are back to doing to, to starting a new book. It's been a while since we've done this. It's been a while. Mm. Today we are reading The Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wang. We have read, let's see, through chapter 10, so up to chapter 11. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I... You've got a warm-up, though, for me. Yeah, I got a little right? warm-up, and it's it's kind of related to the book. So feel free to stick around, our, our warm-up skippers, if, if you want to try <laughs> this one on for size. But I want to start it with something semi... Oh, I was about to say semi-unrelated, but it's actually incredibly related. So I've at the same time that we've been reading The Sword of Kaigen, I have been reading... Or I've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender, the kids tv show for the first time i'd never seen it before everybody had been talking about it so i was like i gotta see what the hype the hype is about and i realized it was much more related than i thought because like they're they're freaking firebending and waterbending in Mm -hmm. the sort of kaigen so it's like very closely linked but in the avatar series basically every single animal that exists is like fictional like it's a combination of two animals that exist in our world to make a new fictional animal. And so it it creates this whole like very different world, but it's still kind of like relatable, kind of hashtag relatable. Sure, sure. I feel like this works extremely well in a visual format, but the novel equivalent of this, which is assigning new words to already existing concepts, does not work nearly as well. And I think it comes out in this story a fair amount. And and I'll say I appreciate when an author gives something that we know in our like reality a different name. And and the example that I think of a lot is with the, the Grey Bastards series. Mm-hmm where we have the thrum and these other words that that kind of capture what the thing is, but don't use our word for it. So I feel like they can be used well, but I feel like they can be used too much to the point where it really brings you out of the story and you have to puzzle over what this new word means because they're definitely describing a concept that should be familiar Mm -hmm. to us but it's just like the word is not giving you any help in how they've chosen the word. And, and I feel like this can happen a lot in science fiction novels that try and go a little bit too hard in the like new futuristic lingo and just throw you into a new world and have you figure out what's going on. But I feel like, and specifically, and this, this might be a little early to throw out a criticism, for the sword this is a very minor criticism some of the times with these words i just have no idea what's going on (laughs) in this book and it's tough for me yeah yeah i i kind of agree with you here some of this it's hard to tell if it's like because this is set in a very different environment Mm -hmm. than than you and i are familiar with so I think some of that is kind of inherent and is done for that purpose, mm-hmm. is my guess. This is not a warm-up. This is just a book discussion. 
<laughs> I tricked what are you. you doing? I tricked you, rant skippers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, I guess, in general. But I do think that, I think that in this book, it's done a lot and it does take a little bit to like figure it out. But I, I've, I got the feeling from that, that it's like kind of intentional. Whereas like sometimes in, in books that do it a little bit too much, it doesn't feel intentional. But this one kind of feels to me like an effort to put me in a completely different, to kind of like show me that I don't know this world. Whereas like other times it's like, oh yeah, let's just create this new thing. This time I feel like it's like, you're not, you don't know anything about this. Here Interesting. Go. I actually... Ooh, this is such a smarter point than I was making, Luke. This is such a smarter <laughs> point because, like, I feel like I imagine Quang felt when he showed up at the school for day one and they were like, here's your uniform, let's go fight with swords. <laughs> and Quang is just like, uh, you guys ever heard of Snapchat? Because I know how to do that, <laughs> but I don't know what the fuck the rest of this stuff is about. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. That is, yeah. A lot of this is we're kind of like, let's okay, let's do let's do a quick uh, pronunciation caveat here because I feel like we need to. Um, the, I, I'm assuming that the pronunciations are going to be rough for this, and I apologize for that. Um, but I don't Why? have a pronunciation guide. No, so. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, I I do think that it's kind of. That's something that I hadn't thought of until you just said that is that we are kind of in Quang's perspective without like actually getting his perspective. I right. Guess. Right. And by like using a bunch of these words that we don't know, the author is like putting us in that place. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe great move on the part of, of ML Wang actually. <laughs> Wow. I think we I think we love it. I think we're into it now. Cool. Okay. Okay, good work. Okay, I'm not even I'm not going to come back in because that was not a warm-up. I'm not we're not calling that a warm-up. Welcome back if you skipped our warm-up. I I okay, we're I'm since we're jumping in, I the first few notes that I have on this now seem so irrelevant. And I, I do this a decent amount, but the note that I want to make is how casual the magic thing was brought in. Mm. Like it started off as kind of just a kind of cool, like low magic thing. It was my first impression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Misaki, our um, our main character, that's the mom, was like did some little thing that collected a bunch of water molecules. And I was like, wait, what? But now like I get it. That's like a big part of it. But I just think that the intro, I think it was kind of, I I appreciated it actually. I thought it was kind of cool how it was just like, oh yeah, there's also a ton of magic here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think it was well done in how, yeah, just the progression of how it was revealed, right? Because you start with like, oh, they can do some weird stuff with water. Interesting. And then when we get those first chapters where Misaki is at the daybreak school 
and you find out that there's like illusion magic and fire magic and like all this other magic that goes on. I think you're mm-hmm. like you're kind of ready for it at that point. To it doesn't right. it doesn't the, hit you as hard. It like it, the world seems really small at first. And then it's like, oh, there's a little bit of magic. Maybe these guys are the, this is why these guys are so good because they've got this cool magic and no one else does. And then like the scope broadens and we get a, we realize that the world is way bigger and all of that. I think it was neat. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciated it too. But Luke, I don't know if you have, if you have this note written down, but Something that I have not been able to shake this whole part of the book. Why are we fighting with swords? What are we what are we doing, guys, that we're fighting and training with swords? And and I have in my notes the progression of like how crazy I thought this was. Because the story <laughs> starts off and it's like, oh, this guy's going up to a mountain monastery to train with swords. That's kind of cool. And then they're like watching TV at one point. And I'm like, hmm, they've got TVs. There's got to be a gun somewhere, right? Why are we fighting with swords when there's TVs? And then we find out that there are fighter jets. What the fuck are we doing fighting with swords? Uh, okay. I did have this same progression, right? Because my my first one was like, I think, I think Quang says that like... He plays video games. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then it does progress onward to like TVs and like cell phones and then like fighter jets. And now we've got satellites. (laughs) I don't know either. Um, Their swords can't be that good, right? Like their swords can't cut through this fighter jet. So even if your argument was like, yeah, but they can jump up and do combat with the fighter jets. They can't. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Maybe do they, do we have, have we seen guns? There yet? are guns. This is another note that I made. Cause I was like, this is insane. There are guns because Quang talks about how the Kaigen military sometimes orders bullets from the Mm -hmm. i can't remember the name of the country that makes the really cool glass that can't be broken but they order bullets that are made of that glass so there's for sure guns guys why are we training with the sword that's it's a very good question i'll give you that um i guess we don't we don't know yet maybe we'll maybe there'll be a good reason it feels like it it kind of makes the Whispering Blade seem so useless, honestly. Like, sure, I have this super powerful technique that if I'm in a duel with someone, I can instantly kill them. No question. But also, have you heard of a sniper rifle? And what is your <laughs> Whispering Blade going to do against a highly trained Navy SEAL sniper? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing. The answer is nothing. Maybe they maybe it's like maybe, okay, if we if we see a a fight between someone with a like one of these guys versus like someone with a gun or or a group of people with a gun, they could throw like some ice walls up. My issue though 
is that you need humidity. Well, so you're like really limited. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could just like spit a little bit. Maybe before they combat, they just do like a little like <laughs> to like get a little bit of a spit out there in the air. And that's like maybe the war cry. Maybe that could be the war cry of these people. That's it could be. It could be. I I just. Mm. Luke, not. how often are you going to be somewhere with absolutely no water, though? This is not that unrealistic. They live by the ocean. Okay. I do think that this they are, like, defensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is why they're not invading anywhere. Because they're like, we suck when we're trying to invade these other people because they live in the desert and I can't do anything there. Uh, yeah, but, like, anywhere there's people, there's got to be at least a little water, right? Yeah, but you need a lot in the air to be able to pull all this stuff. This is right? a good point. This is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like you do have a, a significant weakness. You're, you are at a significant disadvantage if your biggest weakness is somebody bringing a dehumidifier to combat. I agree with you. There's a bit of a challenge I would love, there. I can't wait. Till we get we get some guy somebody challenges one of them to a duel, and they do they do a, a little a little Linden style cheat where they show up early, get a little dehumidifier in there, lower that humidity down to like eight percent. There's no whispering blade in eight percent humidity. I'm sorry. You're crafting a popsicle in eight <laughs> percent. That's coming up. That's coming up in part two. I am assuming. I, I kind of actually want to push back a little bit on you, though, because okay. I feel like of all of the magic we've seen so far, the water magic seems way more useful than any of the other magic, because the other magic that we've seen so far is are the illusionists that can make cool illusions. That does seem very cool, but has a pretty has a pretty limited scope from what we've seen so far and the fire magic which it, it just sounds like they're hot all the time like it it just sounds like they're constantly throwing fireballs and stuff but with the with the water magic there's way more like diversity in what you can do with it it feels like like you can mm -hmm. climb walls you can make shields you can cushion your fall from like super high in the air very helpful yeah. what's a fire what's a fire magic buddy gonna do with that i do yeah to this point i do really appreciate the creativity that they're bringing because yeah you're right there's tons of like pretty good options that they're that they're throwing out here that i would not that i would not have expected right right I, and i don't know especially the fire one i don't know how creative you can be with fire magic this you know is... what i mean i feel like it's like purely offensive exactly like i'm not gonna block a sword with a wall of fire it's not stopping there's, you can't condense it. Like, it. Now, now, if with the fire stuff you can like hold your hands down at your sides and do a little rocket ship action, maybe you blast ooh. out the fire and get a little a little lift. Now we've got some options. A little jetpack action. Mm-hmm. But okay. we haven't seen anybody doing anything like that yet, so I'm still skeptical. Uh, but. I feel like maybe disadvantage of people working with water is that 
you got to have some humidity. But mm-hmm. advantage is the like flexibility of what you can do with yeah. water is crazy. It's insane. I will say we don't know a ton about the fire one yet, right? Right. That's true. Like all we've seen is the fire thing. I don't know how they're doing the fire thing. Maybe that's just like maybe the fire thing is just like a side effect of some other thing that they're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a side effect of uh their like symbiotic microbes. Maybe they have really bad BO <laughs> and the fire is like just a side effect. Is that what you're saying? Um I I don't know if that's the example that I would have chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Maybe they can control the temperature of the molecules in the air, you know? Ooh. Well, if they can do that with any the, of the molecules, the, that seems super uh, useful. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. Then in that case, they're wasting their talents. Right. I don't know. I think that there's got to be something, right? Because the water thing, it's like they control the water molecules mm-hmm. and we see the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just seeing the effects of their fire thing and I don't know what's causing it. Mm. And I just, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> I do appreciate the chemistry that is being taught at a really young age here. Ooh. Which, which chemistry? Hold on, Luke. Be- which chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I noticed is the little, the little blood technique thing. Mm-hmm. I don't quite remember exactly what's being said, but but something happens where they're like controlling the water molecules among the like iron and whatever else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and our 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 favorite character, Mamaru, like <laughs> me, right, is learning this at like age three. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. While I do like that a lot, it feels like it's way more powerful than just messing with somebody's blood. Because, like, the human body is 70% water just, like, throughout. It's not just in our blood. So, like, hey, if you're in a really tough fight and you have to kill somebody to get out of it, just, like, freeze all the water in their brain. Mm. Easy, breezy, beautiful, explode their head. (laughs) cover girl that's true now okay so now we're thinking that they're not being creative enough right and okay i could see where that wouldn't be honorable like Mm -hmm. uh kind of a low blow to just freeze somebody's brain (laughs) but like very effective it is very maybe that's why we've got a lot of propaganda going on right maybe this is the reason that they have been taught such a strong code, such a strong honor code, right? It's like, you guys would be way too powerful if you were able to just like freeze everyone's blood or or everyone's water inside their body. That's not fair. So you got to fight honorably. I like this. I like this. Yeah. Your mastery of this incredible water technique, the pinnacle is to just make a sword that cuts really good. (laughs) <laughs> That's like the best thing you can do with this cool water technique is make the sharpest sword of all time. Yes. Okay. I really like this, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That's okay. who we are. We did not resolve. We did not resolve the why they don't use guns or why they're actually actually no. That does it. What am yeah. I talking about? There we go. <laughs> we came full circle. All right. This is why they're still fighting with swords. They're just brainwashed because they're too powerful. The problem with that, though, Luke, is it seems like they're kind of being used as a buffer between this other more powerful nation that's going to come invade. And you would think you would, like, sure, you would give them a very strict honor code that, like, among the people of their village they would follow. But you'd also, like, you'd give them an AK-47 and be like, hey, just in case those guys show up, use this. They're outsiders. You don't need to have honor with fighting them. Use this gun. Yeah, that's true. Or, like, maybe you have some forbidden techniques that it's like, here's the brain explodey technique. Obviously, this is dishonorable, but those cowards from across the ocean have no honor. Explode their brains as much as you want. Mm-hmm. And then you've mm-hmm. got, like, a terrifying fighting force. That's true. Yeah, so... So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the guns. We're we're halfway there. We're we're we're, we're getting close to it, but it's it's got a, a couple little holes in it. Just a few. Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Am I the only one that thinks that Quang is being a little aggressive with these revelations? Uh no i feel like i feel like you go a little you bring them up with a little bit more sensitivity yeah you know what i mean yeah i think that's true but i also imagine like being a 14 year old boy and going into a class where the instructor has like clearly been brainwashed and as a 14 year old boy i'm like i'm obviously the smartest person who's ever lived and walked the earth so like i'm gonna tell you how stupid this guy is that's that's true like, especially when you've just been like beaten up a bunch because you're don't play you don't fight with swords in your normal everyday life then you gotta you gotta assert some kind of superiority right you've got ten thousand instagram followers but none of these people care about that so you have to cut them where you can that's a good point yeah yeah okay i, I take that back then go for it quang definitely too hot i still think don't go for it like i get it <laughs> I still think you're coming in way too hot. And he saw kind of the consequences of that by getting his ass beaten for just being like, hey, you all are so stupid. Because it's clearly not the way to change anybody's mind about anything. He he called them cannon fodder on like the first one. Right. Especially after going to like sword class where he sees how like proficient they are at fighting with swords. And he's heard about like, this whispering blade technique whispering blade technique that's super powerful and he's over here just like yeah you're basically slapping a spoiler on a toyota camry with that (laughs) you're asking to get beat up quite you are (sighs) yeah i uh, definitely coming in too hot something that was not coming in too hot and I very much appreciated was this Batman vibe from Masaki. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We definitely went Batman vibes here. I 
love the Batman vibe. And of course, there's like a little throwback because you have the main guy named Robin. Okay, of course, there's a little tie in there. That's very nice. But this like crime fighting trio that Misaki is is kind of like growing up with, I'm very intrigued by what's going on there. They have a good code. they, They do have a good... I was very intrigued because it seemed like there's a lot of crime fighters. (laughs) Right. They have trading cards and they show up on the news. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of them. (laughs) And like, I, I want to hear a little bit more about how it works. I want to hear some numbers actually. Is what I want. Right. Like, how many crime fighting squads are there in the city? Like, right. What's what percentage of these students are crime fighters? Well, um, right. Because how it's talked about, it sounds like a reasonable, like, quote unquote, career path for people. Like, right. the way that Misaki talks about it, it's like, yeah, me and my three friends formed a crime fighting squad, not the crime fighting squad. Like, this is an extracurricular at this school. <laughs> yeah like i I, imagine they have competitions like like weekly competitions where two crime fighting squads go out and try and catch the most bad guys yeah i my guess because if it's if it's a kind of like career thing my guess is it's kind of like a kind of like an influencer right you gotta be you gotta be the flashiest the coolest the most effective, get some get some followers, some fans, um, get some nice branding on your cape. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. every time you're on the news, that's like 50k because you've got a Nike cape. That's brand recognition, baby. Oh yeah, I'm getting a lot of. I don't know if you've seen this anime. I'm getting a lot of One Punch Man vibes from the okay i have i've heard a lot about it i haven't seen it mm-hmm. from the like crime fighting squad where there's trading cards mm-hmm. and they have like followings and it sounds like the police don't really try and stop them like it sounds like they're part of the law enforcement system at this point right which like the, I, the I don't police know. seem like they're just they just like collect the bad guys and like do the paperwork right and like Um, ignore people who need medical assistance so i don't know if this is the solution to our policing problems (laughs) apparently that's pretty that's pretty pretty wide-ranging um i will say there's a missed opportunity here i do like the batman vibes of like sending up a signal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but here's you could make so much money right here's my pepsi can (laughs) That's like that's that's at least a hundred k every time. <laughs> you're right? saying you're saying transform these people into walking advertisements, like going around the city, and it, instead of having a plane that flies overhead of a city advertising, like I don't know, buy new cherry coke. That you can't even read those banners. Also, whoever's idea that was to make planes fly over cities and do ads, terrible idea. I've never been able to read one of those ads, okay? But you're saying that these people should be using their firepowers to throw up ads just, like, walking around? Right, yeah. 
you, you're telling me, okay, let's say you, you're a big fan of, of this Robin character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see an, uh, a big fire flare for like some gummy worms and you're going to be like, fuck yeah, Robin, I'm going to go grab me some gummy worms to celebrate. Oh yeah, that's Rob- great, that's great branding. <laughs> you got to build that relationship with your with your uh, with your audience with your sponsor. I I think it works out. This is so. This is actually so good, and I wanted to hate this because it's clearly not in Robin's brand of like crime fighting and doing the right thing no matter what. But also, like you should be monetizing every opportunity. Because then you just get to choose what you do with the money, right? So, like, sure, maybe you throw up an ad for a new razor every time you catch a bad guy. And your symbol is, like, a new razor that goes up in the sky. And that's how everybody knows there's a bad guy here. But also, you get, like, $100,000 for doing this. And you can spend that money, I don't know, buying cool crime fighting gear or whatever. Right, right. I mean, you can make sure that you, you're the brands that sponsor you are socially responsible, Robin. You can do that if you want. Right. Or right. at least do like a PSA. You're, you're wasting your influence here with these freaking fire wings. Throw up like some fireworks that say vote. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. Like, request your early ballot. <laughs> Boom. There's a criminal here. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely doing the whole voting thing in this society, Luke. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure how it works. Yeah. yeah. This is a good point though. I think definitely missed opportunities here with your influence that Robin is just he's a little too idealistic, I think. I think mm-hmm. he's a little too concerned with showing up on trading cards and having a legacy and not as concerned with actually doing good work for people and brands. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and brands. You got to consider the brands, the ones that need it most. The <laughs> so were you also incredibly depressed at the turn that Misaki took from crime fighting trio in this intense city to like one of the most sad examples of like oppressed domestic housewife that I think we have ever read. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tough. Yeah so um, sad and like the image that stands out to me for how sad it is is that her son comes home after she has this like inner monologue about how terrible her life is and how like it's really unfulfilling and borderline abusive actually not borderline i would for say sure well abusive. <laughs> for sure abusive. abusive for sure abusive for sure abusive her son comes home and she uses her like water bending superpowers to wash his clothes really good and that just like that crushed me so hard because i was like you are a superhero and you used like because of your role now the only thing you can use it for is washing the blood out of your son's uniform so sad terrible it it is sad yeah it was this this whole thing was an emotional roller coaster. Oh, I don't know if that's quite right. It was like, I think it was done really well. It really showed like how horrible 
this kind of oppression is, right? It did that very well and it gave us a very good a very good like like relatively quick path of what happened, right? And it was just like, oh, this this guy, this culture really freaking sucks. <laughs> like well, I yeah, I don't know. It was tough. I feel like partly the culture sucks, but it doesn't have to. Because Misaki's sister-in-law sounds great. Misaki's sister-in-law, the fish, the fishmonger who married the older brother out of like love, it sounds like. That sounds like it's a pretty granted we don't know the details, but it seems like it's a pretty good situation. Okay, it it does but i that's like one example though yes you know what i mean very true very true but my only point is that like i think you can still have like a fairly traditional culture like this that doesn't just suck complete ass oh okay like granted ooh, actually Maybe not, because the only no, reason I... that the fishwife was able to be the wife was because he waited for his dad to die so he could be like, now I can do this, finally. Right, right. Plus, like, she just, like, her is a very... Uh, what's the way I'm going to say this? She just, like, has a great personality that matches this guy. I don't... You should not just have to have a great personality and also, like embrace these gender roles to have a good life like you should be able to do whatever you want wow luke wow it's a profound statement never thought about it like that before okay no i know no but you're uh, right this society sucks ass i hate it it's terrible i agree with you 100 percent. this place sucks get them out of here and yeah seriously and it's it's bad because Takiro, Takiro, I'm gonna say, the the like the father and the and the man that Misaki is married to is like the worst possible example, right? O- other than his dad, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think his dad is worse, but I think with Takiro, it's like he's the pinnacle, right? Whereas his his mm. father was was just an example of this culture. Takiro is like the pinnacle of this culture. And so it shows right. you like when this is taken to its ideal, it is so awful. Like you don't want anybody to be the ideal in this culture because the example we have of it is just the shittiest guy of all time. Yeah, he sucks, dude. He sucks. Maybe he <laughs> could make a cool sword. I don't give a fuck. <sighs> yeah, and, and it's tough because you can kind of see it uh, like wearing off on Misaki, mm-hmm. right? Like she's pretty, she's pretty not great to her son. Other than this, like last scene where she warms up to him, she's still like could be a little bitch <laughs> to him, which is like problematic. And I think that it comes from her being like in this culture for too long. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's also a good amount of like. You know, maybe she's trying to prepare her son to live in this culture. And so she has to. I think there's a question whether or not she has, like, accepted this into her heart, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Or if she is just, like, 
she knows what it's like, so she has to prepare her son to be able to succeed in it. It's hard to tell which way it is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's very, very, very classic toxic masculinity here. Absolutely. And you hate to see it. Absolutely. We need. I think we need a razor blade commercial to just come in and solve all these problems. You know what I mean? I forgot about that one. <laughs> we do. It fixes everything. Oh man. But it was nice. It was nice seeing a little bit of a, an uplifting bit here where Misaki is is like finally finding her her love for her sons, I guess. And like some love for life, just like happiness. Right. Right. Yeah. There we go. That, that's that's the 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 little roller coaster that I was talking about because it was just like awful and it still is. Don't get me wrong, but we got a little we got a little bit of like oh there's some perks. Well, I don't I don't know if perks maybe just like there's some light at the end of this section like it, chapter ten we, we got some light peeking through here because mm-hmm. chapters chapter nine not good chapter eight it's, yeah, it's, also rough yeah it's also really sad. Cause I was I was hoping that we were gonna get like she goes back to this life. But like she's past her prime, so there's not really much of a chance of that. That's tough. I wanted to see I wanted to see like some badass Misaki doing some things nowadays, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Doing some Which cool. maybe we still will see some flashbacks of, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like we might get more flashbacks. Well, I think we're definitely gonna get flashbacks. Um but I would, I would have loved, I don't know if we are going to see it, but I kind of would love to see a little Mamoru, Misaki, tag team crime fighting duo. Like, and I don't know what that would look like, but I want to see him go off and just do some crime fighting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Misaki is teaching Mamoru the ropes a little bit. And like, there's a little mentorship that happens. Oh, I'd love to see that. I don't think we're going to get it because I'm pretty scared for what's going to happen when the dad finds out about this whole situation. I, this, this last scene, I was like cringing. I was just so like tense. waiting for him to burst in. So tense, yeah. dude. Yeah. That was the biggest fear the whole time I was reading it of like, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. No. Oh man. Yeah. Speaking of Takiru, is it kind of a huge risk to challenge your son to a duel? Like in case the son wins, you mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> if if in order to solve this argument, you're like, let's fight it out, son. And sure you're like pretty confident you're gonna win, but if your son beats your ass, you're just <laughs> done. Like it's over for you. That's definitely true. It's it's like it's like high risk low reward is what you're saying. Exactly. Cuz it's mm-hmm. like it's obvious you're going to you should beat your son in a duel based on the standards <laughs> based on the standards of this culture like this guy should be able to beat his son in a duel and like destroying him in a duel doesn't make him seem more powerful. It doesn't matter, right? Right. But if you lose, 
to your son in any way, or if he puts up a good fight even, that's a bad look for you. Right. The other reason I feel like this is a huge risk is because we find out that Takiru sits at a desk for his job. And so, like, eight hours a day, he's crunching numbers at a computer. And he, like, practices the blade in his spare time now. Sure, he's, like, an expert and, like, he has experience. But Mamaru has been practicing the sword every single day for hours on end. So, like, you don't know if you're going to even win this fight anymore. Mm -hmm. How often is Takiru going out on his lunch break and practicing his his moves? Yeah, uh, that's that's true cuz you got to you got to keep up, right? And I feel like at this level you can't just do some light maintenance. No, absolutely not. That's insane. Because you have to also think about the current like techniques that are being taught. Because of course like it's like anything, right? Like, you're going to develop new techniques to take on the older generation to be able to beat them. And so Mm -hmm. he has to constantly stay up with, like, the meta of the sword fighting styles that are being taught in school. If he wants to keep challenging his son to duels whenever he gets into a a disagreement with him. Right. You got to keep you got to keep watching tape. You got to keep keep up with the new trends. You you gotta subscribe to like abusive fathers quarterly to know what (laughs) what moves your son is learning in school yeah it's a lot of work it is a lot of work i will say it seems like his i forget the word for it but his magic is like insanely more powerful than mamaru so like even if even if there's some like some similarity with their skill with the blade which i sound silly saying but he can just like come at him with like just like freeze him with some with a wall of ice yeah but but that's still a loss right yeah that's true that's a loss you have two ways you could lose this fight there is like there is no winning there is only not losing as badly crazy decision absolutely crazy move guy Yeah, I, yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous, Takiro. I can't wait for Mamaru to beat Takiro's ass. That will be the day. <laughs> this is exactly the problem with dueling your son to prove you're right, is like one day he's going to beat you. And then that doesn't mean either of you are right. It's- right, I do love the scene pretty early on where Quang is like, why would you solve disputes with fighting? <laughs> and uh, Mamaru was like, what else would you do? He's like, you, you should talk it out probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I actually love that. One thing that I did want to say is I do like the distinguishing between good teachers and bad teachers because the good teachers, I feel like, or a little, a little bit more progressive, you know? Mm. You like to see it. Like, Takiro, super traditional, terrible teacher, because he's just like, that was pretty bad, try it again. That was even worse. 
Whereas um, Misaki's teacher seemed like a really nice guy, seemed really seemed really progressive with his uh, with his instructions, and seemed seemed like a great teacher. Kind of same with I forget I forget his name, but the current swordmaster that Mamoru's learning from. I I I like I like that we're seeing some uh, some some different teaching styles, and we're we're rewarding the ones that are a little bit kinder, right? Not the just like hard asses that I feel like we always see in in like sword fighting books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It it feels like there's such a clear argument presented within the culture for being like kind of chill that it's crazy to me that it has survived this long with everyone thinking the ideal is to just be like the biggest hard ass of all time like yeah of course these teachers are way better because they actually like seem to care about whether or not their students get it right (laughs) i love when when misaki explains this like this move and this this tip and this like kind of complex idea and then mamaru is like why didn't my dad do that she's like he did he just says sloppy (laughs) it's like that's not good enough man (laughs) it's like he wicked did it uh he actually (laughs) did it and and he could have been thinking of something completely different like that's what he gets to hide behind by using nondescript words to describe why you're doing badly is it could mean anything. Like after the fact, you can explain it as meaning that your shoulders were too tense. But like, if you ask him to explain it, then he has to actually tell you what it is. And he could be way off base. He could be like, oh, you were on your heels instead of on your toes. It, It makes him seem, I know this is not the case, but it makes him seem like a less perceptive fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a really perceptive fighter, you know exactly the things that your opponent is doing wrong mm-hmm. and you should be able to tell them. Right. Even if it's to like mock them for it, right? Like like I could imagine a, a, a scenario where he's not just saying sloppy, where he's like hitting him on the shoulder with his sword and being like, hmm, got a lot of tension up here, buddy. And where he's being a real dick about it, but he's still like actually helping you know what i mean right he i i do think that he gives me the vibes of someone that like believes that you have to figure it out for yourself which like on a certain level might be good but you have to help a little bit (laughs) right (laughs) yeah this is for sure for sure the case like you're just not a teacher (laughs) you know you're just a critic and not even a good one. No, not like an insightful critic. Just like you're just like kind of a jerk. You're giving you're giving one or five star reviews and nothing else. That's not a critic. Okay. You're giving like one star reviews on products because the shipping was bad. I don't know if that applies at all. But it's I, perfect. I really hate when people do that and I had to bring it up. No, no, I, th- I think that's relevant. I think that's pretty much exactly what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the embodiment of Takiro. 
Takiro is the kind of person that gives one-star reviews based on the shipping. <laughs> Takiro gives a one-star review at a restaurant if the wait is more than 30 minutes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you went on a Friday night. You didn't, you could have sat at the bar. You could have sat at the bar. It was open. This is too, this is too, okay. Who's this for again? Um, yeah, no, it's a lot going on in this, in this section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm excited to get a, get, to get a test of this whispering blade because there's a little bit of foreshadowing earlier about whether or not the whispering blade can just like can cut through this glass that the fighter jet is made of and then Mm -hmm. it's revealed that misaki has a sword made of this glass who we've got to get a little test at some point right like a test to see if the if the whispering blade can actually cut through it yeah yeah like there's for sure got to be a moment where misaki pulls up the sword or somebody pulls up the sword and has a whispering blade coming right for him and they just block it or don't and get cut in half <laughs> like a uh, a little a little lord of the rings return return of the king moment where he blocks the ghost's blade is that what you're thinking yes that's exactly okay. what i'm thinking okay i'm here i'm here for that I think we need it. I think we need it. Also, okay, this is the last thing I want to say. You're you're telling me there's only like a hundred swords made from this super strong material, and yet there is a fighter jet that is crashed on the mountainside that is entirely made of this material, but you, you I mean, you're not going to take the time to make like a few more swords out of it. It sounds like they would be in really high demand. Yeah, but maybe this... Okay, so it can only be made by, like, this one family, right? Mm-hmm. Among this other this other country. That's what we've heard so far, yes. Okay, right. If you're this family and you're getting orders for planes in, and then you've got someone over here asking for swords, I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> No, get out of here. I'm over here making planes. I'm not making a sword for you, you idiot. Yes, but my family goes back hundreds of years as duelists that settle our disputes by beating our children's asses with our swords. And I would, I would desire one. Yeah, okay, you're definitely not giving that maniac a sword. That's fair. No, no. Luke, I, I have to say, I think... I'm very excited to learn more of like what this world is like. I'm very excited to see, to kind of take the journey with Mamoru and see, mm-hmm. see what the rest of the world is like, you know, see what Misaki was into, how she ended up where she is, and just see what's out there. Because we, we got a little taste, a little taste here, but it's, it's, leaving me hungry hungry for some more of this world just like i imagine luke all of our listeners are are hungry for more hot takes and you know i really i really like this sword school because i think it gives us an opportunity to keep being dumb nerds <laughs>